Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today, we have with us the successful entrepreneur and architect, Amanda Ganoen. She is the co-founding principal of a high-end architecture and design firm, leading massive projects from U.S. to Asia. Amanda joins us today to offer a strong message to other young women who are also on the path to discovering their purpose through their passion, demonstrating how she had the courage to start her own company in a male-driven industry. And we are so excited to have her with us today. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Excuse the background. You know what? We did a circle and I used this story of the Sultan house because it was in my family tree. And so since you're an architect, I went ahead and left it up. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. Where are you at? Los Angeles. Oh, okay. I am in Aurora, Colorado. Oh, okay. I've been to Denver once. It's like a kind of like a stopover for a meditation retreat. And so like I was there and I just remember it was so pretty and like the outdoors was so nice, but I also like visited during the summer and you know how it's like cities are like deceptively like beautiful during Mm -hmm. the summer and you're like, oh yeah, I can live here. And then you experience the winter and that is not true. (laughs) Well, I would definitely say that the winter is beautiful too, though. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was just talking about taking a trip to Colorado. You would experience snow on one day and sun on the next day and it'd be all melted because that's how Colorado is. Yeah. 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 The sun will come out and it'll melt it. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's awesome though. Yeah. How are you feeling lately with LA? The homeless is so bad lately in Denver too. It just seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse. It really is. It's kind of odd because like, you don't really realize like how bad the situation is because, so I grew up in Singapore and then I came to LA. Okay. And so I never really traveled the American cities until quite recently. And so like, you don't really realize it. My best friend moved to Austin. And so I visit her a lot and I realized that LA's homeless situation is actually terrible. But the thing is, when this is all you've ever experienced with an American city, this in New York, like you think this is the norm. Yeah, it's so sad. And like, honestly, it's probably one of the only, you know, issues that I feel like there's truly not a solution. Like it's so difficult. I've racked my brain. I've journaled on it. I've talked to friends that live in Denver that are dealing with it. I, I just don't know if there's a solution. Yeah, there really isn't. Like I remember when I was in architecture school and I remember wanting to do some type of project on that, like a a conceptual project, right? Like I wanted to relate it to a social cause. And my teacher was like, you don't understand the depth of the situation. Mm -hmm. It's more than just providing housing. Like it's also, it's, it's a desire too, right? It's also like you can provide all of the housing necessary, but if the mental health like the state of the mental health is not good. You can't force somebody to take that journey. 
What about the tiny houses? Have you heard of them? Yeah. Tiny houses here in Colorado are are kind of popular. And I think they're amazing, by the way. My little brother has land. And when we were looking for my mom a house, I was like, why don't you get one of those little tiny houses? I mean, inside of them are freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love the A-lined ones. I told Connor I'm going to put him in one on the top of our land. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So being an architect, I mean, the plan to be able to put so much stuff inside of this tiny little space. Like it's, it's a, it's a new thing, right? Like, I think it just started getting traction. It's one of those things that I feel like historically we've talked about this a lot, like during architecture theory classes, we learn about the primitive hut, which is just what you need, like the bare minimums that you need for housing. And so now it's gotten like more popularity, obviously, because we are in a state where technology has made it so accessible to build. So like, yeah, like it's just very possible now to bring your ideas into life. I think it's kind of trending right now. Like these firemen and police that I'm friends with tell me that these younger generations are all about the simplicity and they're actually choosing that lifestyle. Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. It's also like, it begs the question of whether that is out of circumstance because rent prices are astronomical at this point. Um, Sure. There's something to do with inflation, wages increasing and stuff like that, but houses are not the same price that we can get them as our parents. Right. So my mom's, she was like, my house was $40,000 with an interest rate of 9.2, which is a high interest rate. Cause I don't know if you guys saw, but interest rates went up yesterday to 7.2, which is insane. Right. Yeah. I didn't know it went up again. Yes. It went up, which is like insane. Cause I just bought this house what a year ago and it was 3.2 and now it's up to 7.2. My mom said in the 1970s, she originally bought it for, it was like 19% interest rate. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I know. I know. I know. It's so insane. But anyway, I got off on this little tangent. I've just, my heart's been super heavy with the homeless lately. Oh yeah. Especially like seeing my friend Brandy. So she lives in Denver and she's so affected by it. It's just right out her front door and then LA is so bad right now and how, San Francisco, how is she affected by it like are they coming they're, they're literally she has to step over them to get outside of her oh, front door oh, yeah oh, and we're gonna have her on as a guest in a couple of weeks but it's it's that bad in Denver right right yeah, yeah. and people are very judgy you know totally so. I can't believe that's the extent in which like the world has gotten into where the disparity and like lifestyles have become so contrasting that yeah. You know, you're like stepping over somebody, you have a house to live in every single day, and then you have yeah. to go to that extent. Like, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's so terrible. So, what kind of architecture do you do? I wanted to ask because Mandy and I had saw, you know, some pretty amazing brands that you've worked with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, they don't build houses. <laughs> so, there's <laughs> yeah. lots of different kind which, of architecture. Which brands? Like I saw Samsung. That was when I was in architecture school. So when I was in architecture school, I created a lot of content, kind of like a side gig, but also less for the money, but more for exposure. Like I went to a specialized architecture school 
I didn't have like that college life per se, because everyone was just doing architecture. And I don't know if you had an architecture department, but people rarely go out. It's usually like you're just stuck in your studio and it's very dark and gloomy and it gets so depressing. (laughs) And I came from Singapore, right, to LA. And um, it was like this specialized architecture. Love my school, but everyone's just so hardworking, too hardworking. Sometimes like there's this grueling culture of like work, work, work. And so I like was very lucky to have Instagram as an outlet, social media. And so I would take a lot of photos and I would meet a lot of friends through there. And one thing led to another and I became like, I got paid for creating content for these brands and I got to work with these brands. They would fly me out. And so I had a life, you know, outside of architecture. And like, I think that was what, it was never about the money, even though the money was nice. Like it was like a nice little side gig, but the part where I got exposed to different disciplines and different people. And I got to talk to them and like hang out and see the world. Luckily, like I wasn't just cooped up in like architecture school. Do you feel like artists do that? Like that's a similar personality trait with artists. They do kind of stay more inward. I feel like it's more architects. Like, I don't think it's more inward. I think there is a toxic work culture I think as an industry for us, I feel like we haven't really moved up in terms of welfare. I think a lot of like industries have started fighting for their rights, especially creative industries. But with architects, we spent five years to do an architecture degree. We spent like an X number of years to get experience, to get a license. So we actually like we work as hard as like a doctor, right? Like these degrees, they stand for that. But the average like pay for an architect is actually very low compared to like all these specialized like fields like lawyers or doctors. And it's kind of like it's a weird statistic. Right. But nobody has been able to do anything about that because I think that there is this tendency for architects to undercut each other and also because of that, like, because everyone's so desperate for the job and like, you're undercutting each other. You're not really valuing yourself. There's this competitive culture. Everyone's like not in a healthy mental state. Like we're not really moving up as an industry the same way that all the other fields are. I wonder why that is. I mean, I guess it's one of those things that's like people take it for granted, you know, maybe. I know nothing about like architecture. What I do know is that I value it more as I get older. Right. Being from Singapore, the architecture there is fucking amazing, right? It is, but also (laughs) there's also like stuff to be said about that, right? Like, I don't know, but like when my husband went and traveled there, he sent it to me and it it felt Mm -hmm. very like futuristic. Like, oh, absolutely. It's it's a lot to keep up with. It, It is definitely a country that really values architecture. Like they pay for their architects, but Even that comes with its own things where like my conviction in coming to Los Angeles or like studying in America was that as a local architect or a local brand, you're not as regarded, you know? So in Singapore, you have all this money, you have an X amount of budget to spend on architecture and you're always looking for like foreign architects. I don't know why there's a stigma. And the crazy thing is like the local architects have to basically accompany these like big like celebrity architect names to create like these projects but they're basically doing all the work 
So it, it's just a weird thing of like, why aren't the local architects also like being awarded these projects? I want to go back to being an artist because my daughter's an artist. So mm-hmm. everything that she does goes inward. Yeah. And so because that she's not out there going, look at me, look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's just not, she's that type of personality. And so, and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I want to show so-and-so. She's like, no, <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't need to show my stuff. And actually none of my other children are artists like that. And so they were like, when they did something good, they wanted me to show everybody, you know what I mean? So I just wondered if maybe that had something to do with it. You know, if it's that type of personality, or maybe I'm totally off and it's just my daughter's personality. But I just think that art in general, because you also look at like advertisers, right? Mm -hmm. And stuff like that, even that kind of goes a little bit under the wire. Right. Well, like, I think, that like with the creative industries like there tends to be this thing where because it's service oriented people aren't exactly used to paying for it and so like one of the things that I feel like we face as like an industry is that there's this stigma the same way that like and I always ask people this I'm like of course you have to pay for consultation with a creative. In the same way as an architect, we also, we hold a specialized degree. We went to school for this and in any creative field actually. But for some reason, like when people go to the doctor, when people go to the lawyer, they understand that there is a consultation fee, but like they can't seem to quantify or justify like paying for that purchase when it comes to a creative field because they think that, well, you know, like it sh- it's not work. You're just telling me stuff, but it is work though. Like we did go to school for this. Well, my friend Liz is going to love this episode because she does art. Her and I were just talking about this, even just some preliminary ideas, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, all that takes so much time. Totally. Totally. It's like, it's like hours of work, right? But people don't really, they, they don't understand how much you had to study to give this professional advice. It seems like just advice. Do you feel like you have a harder time as a woman or do you not find that to be an issue? Charging or just kind of getting out there and, you know, just overall in your profession? I would say that as a woman in any field, I'm sure it's harder to get your opinions heard especially I think people tend to associate women with this very traditional belief of like they are not as able to do as men you know it's it's the doing part that they tend to think like um, women are like it's especially in traditional Asian culture so there's the yin and the yang like everybody needs a fine balance of both and it shouldn't be tied to to a gender. Everyone needs a good balance of both. But traditionally people think of the yin because it's white, right? Like it's more feminine. And you kind of use this to describe the yin, like it is a feminine energy, but it doesn't mean it's gender related. It's feminine. A feminine thing does not have to be gender related. The same with young and young is more thought as something that is more uh, masculine. And so especially people in Asia, they tend to associate like this is something that it has been like patriarchal belief that's been there for a long time. Like they believe that the spirit of yin is kind of like tied to the feminine energy, therefore tied to women, where all they do is kind of like they allow 
They allow things to happen, but the doing part is more masculine and more related to the men. So people are always assuming that women aren't able to like perform in that sense, right? Like they aren't able to execute. And so I, I had a hard time in Asia for sure. Um, not so much in LA, like definitely when it gets to like a little, like a higher level, like there are things where like as a woman, like in the construction industry, for example, when it comes to the nitty gritties of construction, like I definitely get looks. I'm almost like I don't belong there when I say certain things like it's not really met with anything initially. I really have to prove myself before like my opinions get heard. But in Asia, I think for sure, like not just in the construction side, but also in like the, a mundane day to day, they always just assume, okay, well, because you're a woman, I'm going to associate you with like someone who isn't really able to execute, like you're just emotional or something. I don't know what they have in their heads, but I've had issues where I would have discussions like with people, like a panel or something about like with clients and stuff. And my partner is a male, right? And it actually got to a point where I had to write a set of notes for me and for him. So we both had a, the same set of notes, but they were mine. Like they were, some, they were things that I needed to say. And so I needed to hand him one to make sure that it was going to be heard. So I had to accommodate in that sense because I knew that if it was coming from me, it wasn't going to be heard. It was almost like I had to adapt to that. I just got so tired of like having to do two X amount of work that I was like, forget it. Like you do it. And which kind of sucked because it all played out that I was right. And then I kind of realized that, wait a minute, that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit, right? Like I'm not playing my role as a woman by giving up in that sense and saying like, go ahead, like you, you do all of this. Like if this, if it's to be said, it's like, it needs to come from me because those were my ideas. So how does that feel though for your self-esteem that you have to do that? I mean, like really for myself, you know, I feel like I grew up in a pretty masculine world, you know, having the masculine be, you know, like the, you know, the provider, you know, just like the typical thing that you would, you know, see back in like the fifties, right? <laughs> you know, the mom stays home, raises the children, you know, cooks the food, cleans the house, which is, is crazy. I actually came across something just recently doing some ancestry. I was looking for this lady and I found her in a newspaper and she was teaching a class. And this is in the fifties. It was in the newspaper that she was teaching a class on how to be a proper wife. Oh, wow. You know, I mean, yeah. In the 50s, Wait, where was this? It was in New York. It was on Ancestry. It was when I was, wow. you know, researching and I found her name in an article and she was teaching yeah. on that. And I just thought 1950 is not that long ago. It really isn't. So that yeah. means that we have you know, come a long way in a short totally. amount of time where, totally. where you are today, which I'm so proud of you for sticking with it and, and facing those things and adapting. But mm. I mean, how do we have to adapt? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like you were saying earlier, it's not, shouldn't be so much about the gender and we all should have the balance of both energies and we do, we just need to tap totally. into them. Totally. But it's, you know, we have, 
quite the ladder to climb. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it definitely did not feel good for my self-esteem, especially knowing that everything that I had predicted really did happen. Right. Like I tried to say it did not get heard. And then he said it and immediately was like, oh, that's a great idea. And so coming back from that, like I definitely thought about that. And I was like, is that the person that I wanted to be? Right. And for all of the things that I would preach about, like leaving things for the next generation, is this the way that I wanted to leave things for my next generation? And I know it might be like a very small minor thing, but it sets the tone, right? Psychologically, like the type epigenetics. I mean, exactly. you break it, your child breaks it, you know, I mean, this exactly. is how that shift happens that, you know, we're evolving. And when I think about like how much harder you probably feel like you have to put your work, you probably put so much into it because you maybe have to just a little bit more. Exactly. That credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're right. Like I put like extra into my work to get there, like versus a man. And, and then I still have to do all these little things to kind of adapt, which to me is just like, yeah, I think about that all the time. And I'm like, And the whole epigenetics thing, right? Is that really the way, like, do I really just want the patriarchy to absorb me like that and basically render like every, all the hard work that I've done kind of obsolete, right? To still say that just because you're a woman, like, even though you've worked twice as hard as like a man, like we're still going to like silence you in that way. The journey that I've been on It's always wisdom behind the doing and the wisdom is the divine feminine. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Hey listeners, have you checked out intentionwave.com where you can transform the sound of your voice into a meaningful jewelry piece. When you visit their online store, you can record a voice directly on their website and transform it into a unique sound wave frequency pattern and engrave it on the jewelry piece of your choice. You will also receive a unique QR code that you can scan whenever you want to listen to your special recorded sound message. This is a perfect gift for Christmas for your loved one. So get online right now and order your special piece. Go to intentionwave.com. That's I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N-W-A-V-E.com to order your special and unique gift that will last forever. So do you have like a woman that you look up to, like that role model? Because I think that's important too. I do. I actually, like, it's good that you pointed that out because I discovered that need the beginning of this year. Yeah. You know, in sports and stuff, there's so many, you know, big role models, but do they have some big role models for you, even in your industry that you can look up to as a woman, you know, who is successful and strong? Um, there are like I don't know them personally but there yeah. are there are for sure right I mean Oprah's mine I don't know her personally but I I sure do look up to her being you know, African-American a woman and being in her industry at the time and just keep going keep going keep going facing all the things that she did I look at women throughout time and I'm just like wow she must have been something else to be even if she was hated yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. you do right like I mean she really existed 
in a time where it was much more difficult for women. Mine was Madonna, but she kind of fell off. I don't know what happened to her. (laughs) I mean, I just love that she owned her sexuality and before that shit was even heard of and that she just was like, bam, this is who I am. Yeah. She was brave. That's the word I'd use for Madonna is just brave. Yeah. No, I like that. And it's definitely, I feel like it is the patriarchy, right? It makes us think a certain way and it even pits us against each other. Competition, women, yes. Right? Yeah. So over here, especially, like, I, I always feel like I live in a bubble here in Los Angeles because we have it, like, relatively good compared to other cities. But then when I go back to Asia, like, I would say the feminism culture is definitely a lot more backward. It's things like, like you say it out loud, right? Like you, you would say out loud that you, that you support women and stuff like that. But I sometimes wonder if that's true because the actions speak otherwise, because they're so covert. It is like this concept of being a girl's girl. I think that like, when I have a daughter, like I want to raise them with this, like with this concept, right. Of like um, being a girl's girl, like that to me is like, that's what you want to be. You want to be a girl that other like other women look up to. Like you have the backs of other women versus like simply a girl who exists for a man. For example, like the covert things that I was talking about is like this competitive culture where we're pitted against each other. It's already tough being a woman in society. It's tougher. It's much tougher than being a man, right? Because not only are you expected to, you're just expected to do everything. Think about it. If a man does everything, this man is like, like amazing, right? He's like a, like a saint. It's even a bonus, right? Like you would have like a woman's husband does everything and go, you're so lucky. But like a woman does everything, just the general consensus. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we have a woman vice president. I mean, all those things are like nauseous in history. The divine feminism is rising. And this has been a huge part of my journey over the past few years, like understanding that. And at first I felt like man-hating. And then I found like this piece one day, it was like a, a specific moment that I felt it wasn't so much about you know, women have to be stronger, better, rise, let's go protest, you know, Mm -hmm. it was more of a, no, we just need to meet each other. You know, we just need that balance. Mm -hmm. I love that. Meet each other. Yeah. I like that too. I think in, in both sides, there's this stigma of like, that's how people portray feminism. But I like, I'm, I'm absolutely with you on that. Like, I don't so I'm, I'm curious, like what gave you that? Was it your parents? Was it your father? Was it like, was there some figure like Shanna talked about, like a, a woman that you looked up to that gave you that oomph? to drop into an industry that is mostly dominated. Um, it, it was truly passion. Like I would say that. How does that passion start? That like an art thing? Necessarily an art thing. I think like, I always kind of like viewed the world. Like I think all of us like analyze things and then we have our modes of expression. Mine was always Mm -hmm. visual. And so like, I really like the balance of like systems with like a creative expression like I wanted to impact on like a spatial level and that's why I chose architecture. What about being an Asian woman here in America? 
Um, but I, again, I live in a bubble. I think Los Angeles <laughs> is a bubble. So it's not like I do you thinking, want to live in a bubble though, Amanda. No, I don't. It is the case though. Right. Like, but okay. I don't experience it daily. Yeah. Like I'm not exposed to it daily. But what I mean by I live in a bubble is that I don't experience it on a daily basis. But of course, there are moments that I do, especially when I step out of the city. That's tough. It's been interesting for me to see like my husband's sales team, like he's in robotics. It's been hard for him to hold women in his, his sales team. He tries so hard to hire them and have them on his team. But we're emotional beings. Most of us women are very emotional. Like we feel from our hearts, like we're, we're more soul than we are ego. And so that's hard for someone that is so number driven and so data driven and that engineer mind. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I feel like there's a place for everyone, you know, like I, like, I believe this even as I'm running my company, right? Like that I would never try to change someone. So Yes. Everybody has a role in like this ecosystem. Like you allow a fish to be a fish. Like you don't tell the fish to try to be something else. You allow them, you like leverage on their best skills. Yeah. And if you're looking to hire fish, then you have to learn how to adapt to the fish. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that we are seeing men getting a little more vulnerable, a little more into their feminine selves, but I don't know. It's interesting to see someone that wants to value that, but doesn't know how. We had a conversation about it last night. Yeah. I don't know. And then you add on to it, Amanda, that you're drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, but, you know, I mean, just like that, you don't want to be recognized as being drop dead gorgeous in your industry when you're trying to prove to someone your talent. Yeah. You know, so that also probably is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, I was one out of three girls and I was the youngest. And so it's been imbued in me since very young. So my father has always been like all about the girls. I've, I've had him as like the main guy in my life for a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. And as a sample of like, what men would be like and he was always pro go get an education like and he like whatever you want to do whatever dreams you have they're never too small and so I was very lucky with that and I grew up with that and I always had all his words like ringing in my head as I'm like chasing all these things my god I love that yeah what would you say like if you could pick one project that you did that was like your proudest project what would it be Mm, I would say at the moment, like, I really like biscuit lofts. Yeah, it was one of like the very first projects that we designed and built. So like, we were like hands on about it. And the whole team like, really, like got their hands dirty to build this. And but ultimately, it was also a project in which we like really learned the ins and outs of construction. So it was a crazy learning curve for everyone. You said you like to travel earlier when you said, you you know, you got to see different places and all the things. Do you still like to go around and travel and see like all of the wonders of the world that are seem impossible to do? What did you talk about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's become so much harder. And um, but I think like the good part about it. So I used to travel a lot before COVID. Like it was almost like one of those things that really I don't know how to put it, but it really fed my soul, right? It's, it's money well spent. 
to travel because you gain so much from it. And so I used to travel all the time to all these different cities before COVID and then COVID happened. And like out of circumstance, like I just could no longer have that same lifestyle. And so what happened was I actually ended up traveling the U.S. a lot. And that was really nice because like, I still had that same sensibility and approach to traveling, but it was now like in the U S and I got to learn like so many things. And a lot of the things that happened was that I actually became more connected to nature because the best parts about the U S I would say are the national parks. Have you seen Mesa Verde? I haven't. Oh, I was just thinking about that recently, how I haven't taken my kids, which is so crazy because as a child, that was such a great memory of mine. Where and is I think that? It's over near the, it's four, at the four corners, corners right, Shanna? Yep. Over okay. in the four corners of Colorado, not far. Let's um, go, girl. Okay. Yeah. And you know, what? it's just amazing because it's like, how did they build this inside the mountains? You know, these houses. Yeah, you know, adobe houses, like it, this whole community inside the siding of a mountain. It's just amazing. Actually, you know what? I'm going to get super woo-woo on you real fast. Speaking of like amazing, like architect. So what is your thoughts on like these pyramids that were built, you know, hundreds of years ago? Stonehenge. Okay. Oh yeah. Like Stonehenge. I actually saw Stonehenge in person. It's pretty crazy. Did you? Yeah. yeah. So in your mind, because this is what you do. I mean, is it far off to think that a normal human then did not have the technology to do this? It had to have been some alien shit. I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of faith in like humans, to be honest. You do? Actually, yeah. I just heard that recently that maybe that it was giants. Because I mean, like they tried to redo it. You know, they tried to say, okay, well, let's see if we could do it. And they need cranes and they need machines, you know, they can't. Yeah. No, but I think human beings are such a powerful species, don't you? Like, I feel like, like the evolution, like, like there's so many things that like us as a species can do. It's pretty awesome. Maybe it just wasn't recorded. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think if we didn't have technology and machinery. Let's see how amazing we are because we are so reliant on it that I think we are mm, that's like true. the end of the world. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've never thought of that. Definitely. And it's possible, you know, I mean, like you know, with all the solar flares, like one wrong solar flare hitting our system and it goes down. I've actually watched something that they were saying, what would happen in one minute? What would happen in five minutes in the afternoon? We would be fucked. The whole yeah. world would go down. We wouldn't even be able to get gas. We wouldn't be able to pay anything. We wouldn't be able to talk to anybody. I mean, it would be like an apocalypse. I mean, it really would. Totally. We're so reliant on it. But, you know, I, I do think there was ancient technology. I really do. You know, maybe it was the flood and then it was washed away. So yeah. I have to know, Amanda, were you like a Lego person when you were young? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I what? love Lego. You did. Are people still playing with Legos? Oh yes. my God. Hold on. It's the only way I can get my child to hold still literally. Oh, okay. So my daughter is always upside down, flipping cartwheels, handstands, swinging. She doesn't ever hold still like her. Energy. A Lego? Huh? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but Sloan, like you give her Legos and she will sit still for three hours and put it together. It's, it's really that. beautiful well, to watch. You seem young enough to have, played minecraft no, did you do minecraft 
Minecraft no. or Roblox or Minecraft. Oh my God. I love Minecraft. If I showed y'all my world, you'd be fucking impressed. Wow. I have like the best neighborhoods, houses. I have malls. I have like fast food. I have veterinarian. I have everything. Me and my daughter would sit and play for hours. Oh That's my God. Awesome. So, oh, it's so fun. What did you say, Amanda? Do you guys share a city or something? Yes, we do. We share a city. Oh, wow. And I know it. It's just, it's amazing. I got so into it with her because she was like, let's create this. And then she'd get mad. She'd be like, you're a better builder. I don't want to play anymore. Aww. <laughs> so cute. If you could go back to like your first memory, Amanda, like where you knew this was going to be your job or your passion, what do you think of? Hmm. I have like this little chair in our case of my house. There's like this built-in chair it's pretty dandy actually it's it's like a it's a one-seater and it has a table attached to it and like if you flip it up like there's like a the storage a place to store things and so I put all my crayons there and I would sit there for hours right it was like a workstation almost so I would really just I would like finish dinner and I would go there and I would look forward to just sitting on my like little workstation and just sketch and draw and like do god knows what like things that just gave me so much joy right and so that's probably that's probably it like that's probably that same feeling I love that you know so sense of soul is a lot about people finding their purpose you know Mm -hmm. it's a lot about also spirituality yeah 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 so like do you feel like this career this passion is spiritual for you Absolutely. In the same way that like when I was a little child doing that, I wasn't, there was no sense of time. There was no sense Ooh. of like who I oh was or anything like that. that. Was just in like a flow state. In that God. same way, like I still experience that when I'm doing the work that I do. Yeah. I used to always do like crocheting and quilting and I just would get lost. Time would get weird. You know that's the best feeling? Yeah. Yeah. I do that when I cook and clean, which is weird. (laughs) That was yeah. Yeah, it's so nice. It's like you're just exactly where you're supposed to be. You had some beautiful pottery that I was looking at on Instagram. Oh Oh my God. I'm like, I want some. It looks so beautiful. So we're actually releasing our first line and all of it is inspired off of landscapes. So what? tell us about it. So what is it called? It's called, so the name of my firm is OWIU, which is only ways up. And so it's called OWIU Goods. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, they're beautiful. So how was it inspired by landscape? So, you know, like whenever I would travel, like I'd come back and I'd bring a piece of like pottery back home. Like, this is just a thing that I do. Like, I have, like, a plate from, like, just a roadside in Hawaii. It, it's yeah. actually a bowl. And then I have, like, plates from all over, like, Japan. And But every single time I use them, I know exactly where I got it, exactly which shop, exactly where I got it. And the moment, like, I get taken back to that moment where I was in Japan, to that country and my relationship with that country. And it's amazing how like memories work that way, right? Like it's like you can have like this physical object that like makes you think of a certain thing, kind of like beautiful in that way. And but it's just like a quotidian, like everyday object. 
So like my thing was like, I wanted to create a line of like home goods that basically would take you back to a certain type of memory. And so we created these glazes out of like landscapes. So there's going to be a forest one. There's going to be like a coast one. There's going to be a volcanic one. And then there's going to be a meadows one. So as you're using it, like we hope that it somehow transports you back to this experience, whether it's for me, for example, like being in like the national parks in NorCal. So when I'm using like the forest dining set, I think about that experience. The intention behind that is so freaking amazing. Oh my God. When is this going to launch? When are you going to have the actual pieces? Um, So we should launch in December. See, I think that's that artist mind, right? Like that intention behind everything, right? I mean, I know for myself when I'm doing art, no one would know the details and the intention behind most of it. I mean, but to me, there's so much there. Right. I love that. Yeah. I know that. that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's sometimes so anal. I'm like, oh my God, no one's going to know this, you know, or or care about this. But like for it to feel completed, you know, that one little detail that's, you know, so intentional right there that needed to be changed or added. But that's the best part, right? Because it's like, it's just between you and you. Mm. yeah that's all it really is because no one else is going to notice those details totally yeah yeah I have started all over projects before I mean I've gotten a little crazy I'll get through like where I'm crocheting a blanket and I get down to like halfway done and I'm like oh my god I look up and there's like one stitch that's like backwards or something and I'll yeah pull it all up oh, no yeah it does I know oh. Or or I'll spill my coffee on it. Uh, Hey, how long have you been doing this for your career? It's been four years. You've been very successful. Thank you. You know, I I have to be honest, I'm kind of envious because like, you know, I had to go through a lot of shit to figure out my purpose. (laughs) So sometimes like I, I see women that are so like on their path that know at a young age what they're meant to do. And I'm like, damn it. Why couldn't I have had that? Oh, no, but it's kind of like a relationship, right? You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it's good to also like, like experience all the bad ones before yeah. you know exactly what you want or who you want. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. you've been a pleasure. I just, I look at someone like you and I see the future and I'm like, go get them. I'm just like, look at the younger generations. And I just think to myself that there's a lot of hope for the future, especially with powerful women coming up, ready to step into just being who they are, you know, not having to adapt or be in a yeah. bubble. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love that. Me too. Well, go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find you, your Instagrams and all of your social media and your website and all that good stuff. Totally. So you can find me at my personal Instagram at Amanda GNWN or the firm's Instagram, which is OWIU design. Awesome. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. I think today has been like so much about purpose. So I feel like if anyone's like listening, 
I hope they get inspired to find that somehow. I think it's one of those things that you would spend the rest of your life trying to look for. Yeah. Do you want to know what I love about you? Is like, you're just so chill. She's got her arms around her knees. She's just hanging out in her cute little room. Just like you. you're, you're just natural and you. I love that. Yeah. It's such a nice conversation. It's also like chilly and early. <laughs> yeah. No, you're just you. And I love it. I sense just true authenticity from you. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Great way to start my morning. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.